Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Big shout out to this week's podcast sponsor, Shelly Peterson. Shelly Peterson helps women embrace their divinely inspired life. I recently took part in her Divine Alchemy Manifesting Your Magical Life program. If you want to learn how to work with the law of attraction as part of life in a no-nonsense, down-to-earth way, you can grab your spot too. Just visit bit.ly forward slash divine alchemy. That's bit.ly forward slash divine alchemy. And that link will be up in the show notes as well. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Jen. I was actually introduced to Jen via Nicole Holland, which I follow her business building rockstar show podcast. It's, it's pretty awesome. And I got pretty excited when she reached out to me. So Jen is a dating expert, expert and romantic fairy god mama. I love that. I love that title. When I first read it, I was like, that is the most amazing title ever. To smart, successful single women all around the world. Jen Burton is known for magically ushering in stable, fun, witty, and insanely attractive men who will love, adore, and romance you without expecting you to compromise your career, success, or genuine self for any of it. I love that so much. After years of dysfunctional relationships and crappy dating experiences, Jen decided to take matters into her own hands and developed a dating method for creating the most magical experiences that love lead to love. And I'm so pleased to have Jen on the show today to share all about all of her life story and all the experiences that brought her to this place of being the romantic fairy godmama, because I love that. So Jen, today I want to kick it off with, tell us a little bit about those dysfunctional relationships. You know, we hear like, you're a dating expert, but I mean, did you struggle? Like, where were those dysfunctional relationships? What led you to this place? Oh, did I struggle? But first, Megan, before we even go into that, I want to say thank you for having me on your show. It's it's really um, an honor to be here with you. So I'm excited to share all of this uh, deep, dark skeletons in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But back to your question, yes, dating was a gigantic struggle for me. I often joke that I should have been the main character and the natural main character of how to lose a guy in 10 days. I was fantastic at it. And any guy that managed to stick around long enough, I would create a dysfunctional relationship with within six months. So I, yes, I do know the very dark side of dating. I've been through lots of lots of um really ugly pieces of dating and it took it took having it getting it to 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 the crappy parts and being there for so long for me to decide that you know what this this shit's not working anymore it's 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 time to do something differently and lead me to this conversation you and I are having right now and the work I do with women from around the world so what was the worst relationship ever? Tell us the dirt. Like, I want to hear it. What was the worst one? <laughs> Probably with my ex-husband. That was, that would have been the worst. Now, um, it took me years. I, I, he had, he had a huge piece of it, but it took me years to realize that I was contributing to it a lot. Cause I think we women tend to put a lot of the blame on men instead of taking a hard look at ourselves and see how we're contributing to it and how we're setting men up to fail with us, which I was doing 
again and again, but I blamed it all on him because he was doing very classic, horrible guy things. Um, and it was, it was ugly. We, we were, I was about four years older than him and he, um, he was from England and we ended up getting married so that he could stay in the United States. And we went through marriage counseling and all kinds of, you know, these dark, these icky places. And it just never really got substantially better. And on our third year anniversary, we were, um, how explicit can I be? Can I say I explicit? Having... Say it all. <laughs> okay. We were having sex and I looked up at him and realized it was just him enjoying it all. And I realized this whole relationship I had created and made about him. And we, we had already previous to that. I know I'm, I'm rewinding a little bit, but we'd already, uh, we were in the midst of a trial separation and we were coming together for our third year anniversary to see if we could work things out or, and, um, after, after the sex, I was like, this is, this is just no, this doesn't feel like it's supposed to be like this. It doesn't, it's not supposed to be just about him. It's not supposed to be miserable all the time. It's not supposed to be, you know, it's just ick. I want to feel alive and I feel dead right now. So I got on my knees and I was sobbing very dramatic in a very dramatic fashion that night. So I probably could have won some kind of award for that. Um, My acting cred went up quite a bit. And on my knees, I'm crying, I'm sobbing, I'm praying to God, can you please, you know, please tell me what I need to do here. And three days later, out of the blue, a man asked me out on a date. Now, granted, we'd had a, we'd had a, a great conversation before that, and he, but he looks at me, he goes, hey, can I take you out on a real date? And I almost passed out because I had never had a man ask me if I wanted to go on a real date, not that I'd never been on dates before, but the way he said it as if, you know, he was actually had the desire to court me, to know me, to you know, build something and try something, uh, have some fun and, and make some, do something different with me. It was, it was just a foreign concept because I, I had been playing in such um, a dysfunctional world when it came to, to relationships. And I decided to go ahead and date him. And our, I think our second or third date, I remember him looking at me and saying, the only thing I care about tonight is you having an amazing time. And I, I was, I was like, you want me to have amazing time? This isn't about you. This isn't about, you know, anything else. This, and I had so much fun with this man that I got up the courage to finally ask my, my husband for a divorce, my now ex-husband. And as soon as I asked him for a divorce, this guy disappeared. Oh, (laughs) no. Yes. So um, at that point in time, um, everything got a little crazy. And I became really obsessed with this particular man. And I started searching out every resource I could to try to figure out how to get this guy back in my life. And through that, I started being educated in the – and in female arts and what it meant to actually be a woman, to be sensual, to understand, you know, some of our natural positions in life that we're as um, hardworking women, we're really kind of smothering, but to do it in a way that we're not denying those other pieces of us. And when I started doing this, other men started coming out of the woodwork. And I started dating in a completely different way that led me to what I teach women to do today. That's called mantourage dating, which is essentially 
dating more than one man at a time until you yes. forever man. <laughs> yes. Or indefinitely if you so choose for so women. So mantourage dating and understanding the nuances of that, that what really make men tick. And what I also find, found out is that we women spend too, way too much time worrying about men instead of really figuring out ourselves. I agree. I agree. And I still think like I've been married seven years. I still don't think I have this figured out sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, what am I doing right now? <laughs> yeah. And we don't because the truth is, is we're not being handed these secrets from our mothers. We're not, we're still taught to focus on men and at the same time being taught to be good women, productive women, smart women, educated women, but it's still about what men want instead of really tuning into what we want, who we are. And it's, it's a conversation that we need to have a lot more of. So it's not, um, we're being, we're finally being taught to put our oxygen mask on first, but romantically we're still not being taught those things. There is an insane amount of information out there, Megan, about everything about men, because that's what sells women buy it. They buy, they buy tons of it, but we're not any happier as women in, you know, in relationships. So what are we doing wrong? Well, we're just focusing on men and men are actually not that difficult. We're the complicated, really magnificent creatures that need to be understood better. And then we just tweak our approach a little bit to what's going on with men and understand that men really want to know more about us, but they're not asking the right questions and we're not giving them that opportunity. So what are the biggest mistakes you and your clients, I mean, you made mistakes before you, you got to this place and what are the mistakes that your clients are making in this process? I mean, you mentioned that we're focusing too much on men, but there's, there's gotta be some other things going on there too, that we're making mistakes as far as it, our dating life. Okay. So this is the one that irks me the most because I guess it was probably a big, the biggest pain point for me. Well, um, and I see this a lot with my very, you know, very successful clients. They've built my, my ladies, they've built this amazing career. They're, they're at the top of their game, but they're still afraid that if they don't do everything according to a man's schedule, like go out on his schedule or, you know, and bend over backwards and contort themselves to everything he wants, that somehow that he's just going to move on and find somebody else who will do that for him. And the truth is, is that they're coming across as, um, the energy is coming across as desperate. The energy is coming across as, you know, who she is doesn't matter. And men, mentally stable guys, really want a woman who's their equal in many ways. It doesn't mean that you don't compliment each other in certain ways and, and, do different different things in the relationship, but they want they're, they're, what's really sexy over a, a lifetime is somebody who challenges them, not yells at them all the time, but challenges them and makes him want to be a better man. And she does that naturally by being herself. But when she's contorting herself to try to figure him out and try to do everything according to what he wants, he doesn't get to see that side of her. Okay. So what are some examples of women contorting themselves? Cause maybe some of the audience is listening married or not married. I mean, we, we might all be making these mistakes. What are some examples of how women might, when they might be thinking, I'm totally being me, but not really. The, the biggest one I see and the most frequent one I see is a woman who has this packed schedule and she's rearranging everything in that schedule 
because he said he can't do Friday night. He can only do Sunday. And so then she cancels all of her plans for this one day. And she does this repeatedly, you know, doing this one off is not a big deal. It's repeatedly, instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to honor the commitments I already have to my friends, my family, um, and myself. Cause sometimes, especially when we're dating and in relationships, we need time to ourselves as well and honor those pieces and have some, and have some fun with those pieces. Instead of thinking there's a part of us that think that still think that the only way to truly have fun in our lives and to be complete is if we're doing it with this guy and getting his romantic approval by being there for him. She's afraid that he's going to, again, stop paying attention to her and move on to someone else. And that is very unlikely unless the guy is a true narcissist. That's the only time that that really, really happens. And, but we're so afraid of it as women because we're still buying into this idea that there are no good men out there. And that's just not true. Not true. I have one. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then single women are going to say, yeah, Megan, of course he's see, see what I mean? They're already taken. And that's not true either because the, one of the side effects of the fact that a lot of relationships are falling apart is that there are actually a lot more available men right now. Yes. So true. And he wasn't, he was available before I found him. So let's be honest, he was out there and yes. people just happened to not grab him up. And I did. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Right. And I have to admit, I was a hot mess. I don't even know why he, he fell for me, but that's great. I mean, I lucked out on this, this whole, this whole thing. Uh, so but did, did you really luck out Megan or did he luck out? Oh, oh, he totally did. Cause I'm there awesome. we go. <laughs> <laughs> So you went from, you know, making these mistakes and struggling along. What do you think was the turning point for you? Like, did you suddenly discover like, I can be myself. I don't have to be a second rate version of myself to please a man. Um, Or was there something underneath? Well, as I started dating and I was, I was taking in any information I could with dating. I decided to do it anything I had, I identified the things I had done before and anything that I had done before I tried differently. I tried, I did a complete 180 or I, I made just a little tweak on and I experimented to see how men would respond. So let's say I, um, for me, this is a big one because you hear a lot of people preaching otherwise, but let's say I didn't hear from a guy for a while. Well, most women will go ahead and eliminate him from, um, from her life because she can't handle it. Well, since I had other guys I could focus on, I just let him be. I didn't, I wasn't trying to reach out and contact him or whatnot. If he came back in, I wasn't, of course, just hopping on the phone with him right away. But I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't crucify guys for having their, their faults. And I allowed him to cut them to kind of come in and out because I was having so much fun really focusing on, you know, just enjoying men for the first time, enjoying dating and enjoying myself. And the response was really, really phenomenal. In fact, my husband, my now husband used to go MIA on me for sometimes five weeks at a time. Holy moly. Yes. (laughs) 
Yes. And, and people are like, are you, are you kidding me? How did you pull that off? Well, I didn't pull it off. What happened was I valued myself enough. I enjoyed myself enough that he finally realized that he needed to work out his kinks if he really wanted to be with me. And I didn't have to, you know, rip him another one. I didn't have to verbally straighten him out. He, he just naturally started feeling that, you know, she is somebody I really enjoy spending time with. So I'm going to have to get my shit together and treat her the way that she wants to be treated if I'm going to get her attention. I love that. And this would come back to the mantourage, right? Exactly. Where you had the, you were doing the whole, so explain a little more about the mantourage thing. Cause people are probably thinking, I totally can't date more than one guy at once. That's not fair. It totally is fair. Cause guys do it to us. And I used to do it back in the day. It was lots of fun. Yes, it is. It is tons of fun. Here's the thing is that I don't really think guys are doing it to us. What they're doing is they're better at keeping their options open until they feel like they found somebody that they want to close those options off for. We as women somehow feel as if we owe a man our undivided attention just because he's gone out on a date with us and he, um, you, you had a good time. So here women start to give this man her romantic undivided attention before he's ever committed in his head to the idea of actually spending long-term time with her. And men are not wired to receive your undivided attention until they have decided that they do want that long-term potential with you. So this is really, really key. You don't owe a man that. In fact, what, who you do owe in this scenario is yourself in exploring your romantic options because when you don't, what ends up happening, you give this guy your attention, you start sacrificing pieces of yourself, you make it all about him, and then you start doing things that are not really in, in integrity with who you are. You have poor boundaries, so you either become a doormat or you start getting resentful for to him for not stepping up exactly the way you want to when he hasn't even decided yet that, hey, I really want to do this long-term with you. There's just a lot of, re of crappy energy that starts to get exchanged instead of focusing on the moment of, hey, this isn't about a destination right now. This is about finding out who I am and having an insane amount of fun doing so in reference to men in romantic connection. I love that. And I would have to say, I think if you're doing this whole, and I totally did this, and this is my, a piece of my story, is if you're totally going from being an independent woman and doing all your things and not be falling out their feet to like, now you're falling at their feet, bending over backwards, doing everything for them, especially if that person is, is a narcissist, which my ex was, you're mm -hmm. feeding right into that person, right? But if you happened to continue to be independent and do your things and everything like that, you're kind of going to repel those guys that are bad news. Mm -hmm. And you're going to welcome those guys that are like, Hey, I really like that this chick has her shit together and wants to go do her own thing. And it's not always up my butt. Exactly. And it's very sexy to men because then they start wondering about you and then automatically they want to start spending more time with you because they realize that you're this chick, as, as you, you like to say, <laughs> Megan, um, this chick is makes him feel good when he's around her. She and she's got other people in her life that want to share that experience. So if he doesn't bring his A game, he's not going to get as much of that time and her attention. Absolutely. Now, is there a limit on the amount of men that could be in your mantourage or is the sky's <laughs> the limit? <laughs> okay. Well, 
Okay. So theoretically the sky's the limit, but here's the thing. I do believe in quality over quantity. So I like my ladies to at least uh, be talking to or going out with three different men. I was doing about 10, but that doesn't mean I was actively dating 10 at the same time. And 10 is a lot for some women. And I to- and I get that. I'm not, I'm not saying any women should even go anywhere near that because it really is about quality. I'm not asking women to go out every night during the week. In fact, it's really important. Um, as I mentioned before, you need to date yourself. You need to date your family, you need to date your friends, and you need to date your men. So what does that look like? What does that feel like? Because I promise you, if you're not taking some downtime um, as smart, busy, professional women, you're going to come crashing down at some point. So don't overdo it. You might have a week that you're like, I'm going to go speed date this week and speed dating, meaning not just uh, the, the term that they're using now, but speed dating as I'm going to go from, I'm going to have a breakfast date, a brunch date, a lunch date. And you can do that for fun, but don't do that all the time because at some point you need to take some time to just digest everything that's going on and all the fun that you're having. So, because a lot of times when we're having too much fun, if we're not digesting it at some point, it comes crashing down because we start thinking, Oh, um, it's, it's, it's all going too well. I'm, uh, it, it's something's, something's gotta, you know, something's gonna break and you can mitigate all of that just by taking time for yourself. So are we sleeping with all these men? Negative. Negative. How many are we sleeping with? Are we sleeping with any of the men? Okay. For me, this is very, this is very personal. Um, it's a, if actually I, I take that back affirmative, if you want to under those conditions though, you absolutely, and I know m- women know this logically, but some women, uh, not because there's anything wrong with them, but they get caught in the moment and they, they're not using protection, protection, quality protection has to be used. Oh yeah. Every single man. Okay. And if you're a woman, I just found this out as well. Um, if you're a woman who, who really desires multiple partners, cause I don't want to shame women at all because I think, you know, we're really coming into who we are and we get to explore that on our terms. But if you're a woman who is going to have multiple partners, you might consider, um, there's a new drug out that helps prevent HIV. That might be something to look into. I, I don't have a lot of information on it. Uh, we were talking about it on our podcast just a bit ago and it's, it's one, it's something to consider. So you must be safe about it. I was only sleeping with my husband during my entourage dating experience because I had tried sleeping with two men at one time before and I emotionally couldn't handle it. Now, if I was to leave my husband now, I might be able to do it because I'm at a different place emotionally, but it's very female dependent, individually individual dependent. So you have to really consider who you are as a woman and what feels good to you. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned being safe because I feel like a lot of times the guy's like, I don't really want to wear a condom. And you're like, oh, okay. And then next thing you know, I mean, this is not personal experience, but next thing you know, is you got something crazy going on down there. You want to be mm-hmm. safe. Like even if they said, I just did an H, I just did an HIV test, or I just did, you know, an STD test. I'm clean. That doesn't mean anything. Like he no, could have slept with somebody two days ago. <laughs> if you don't mind me adding on to that, Megan, that's really, really important that you said that. Um, just because he, he doesn't mean he likes you more because he wants to have sex with you without a condom. 
It doesn't mean he trusts you more. It means he likes having sex without condoms. And um, I'm not going to fault guys for that because I understand it feels significantly better. I get that. But you as a woman, if you come up with a guy and he asks you to go, I, I think the term is bareback, um, and you say no, and then he doesn't want to have sex with you, free him to the overly sex masses right away. Because that man, if he can't honor something as small as using a condom, will not honor you in other ways if you do develop an ongoing long-term relationship with him. It is really important though, ladies, I don't care what he says. I don't care if he's had a vasectomy. I don't care if he you know, has been in a relationship and just got out and he was in a relationship for 10, 10 years. I don't care. Do not if you're not in an exclusive romantic relationship, not, and by the way, exclusively sleeping with each other, not the same as an exclusive romantic relationship. Um, do not have sex with him without a condom. It will help you tremendously because there's something chemically that happens as well that it becomes, uh, we as women, since we receive and we take a man's penis into our body, it's going to help you protect you emotionally if he gets up and walks away. And um, I'm not going to say it cures everything, but it makes it significantly easier when you know that you had a sexual engagement with him, but you didn't open yourself up to everything else. Right, right. I can't agree more. All I can think back now is my single girl days. And I certainly did have a man tourage. <laughs> well, Maybe I, not on I purpose, made, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I made some really stupid sexual choices while, while I was, before I started man tourage dating, way before then. And that's really the point is that we need to build each other up as women. It's not about beating guys down. It's not about talking about how horrible guys are. But build each other up as women saying, you know what? It's great that you want to have sex. I support you for having sex. But we have to do it in a way that is healthy for us that um it's on it I, I love the word honor it honors ourselves and and not even just um by the way this also is a, good to talk about this the time frame just because a guy wants to have sex already yes um, guys want to have sex they like having sex it's a natural response to their physical attraction to you nothing wrong with that no need to be pissed off at him for that but that doesn't mean you should have sex with him now Every woman's time frame is different. So, Megan, your time frame might be very different from my time frame. And don't listen to anybody that tells you you should only have sex on the third date or after three months or after. It's very, very personal and individual for each woman. So you just have to tune in to what feels good to you. And if you know you're not in an exclusive romantic relationship with him yet, and you know you're going to go stage five clinger crazy on him if you have <laughs> sex with him and it doesn't work out, then you know that that's not your sexual time frame yet. He he needs the opportunity to earn your trust and spend more time with you. And if he keeps pressing you and you've said, no, I'm not ready yet. Um, then go ahead again, free him to the overly sex masses because this is about you and your comfort level. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I have to agree with that. You have to realize like if you are dating around he's probably dating around. And even if you're not dating around, he's probably dating around. Um, let's just be honest here because like you said, the men until they're, they want to settle down with you, they're still dating around. So if you are going to have sex with him and then suddenly be like, we're getting married, 
maybe mm-hmm. that's not a good idea. Like, don't have sex with them. Like, date them longer until you get to that place and then have sex with them because you definitely don't want to be that person. I mean, because that's just a turnoff. You know, I've had that, and I'm speaking from experience where I guys have done that to me, mm-hmm. and which is very rare, but I did make one guy cry because he, like, we stepped together, and the next day he's like, I think that I could see myself married to you. And I, I had my oldest daughter at the time and he was like, I could be like your da- daughter's father. And I'm like, mm, no, hard no. Get out of my bed. Get, go. Hard no. Like I, that was my dating time. Like I was dating around. I did not want like the first time I sleep with you dude to be like, let's get married. Like, no, go away. <laughs> and Fun- so I made, I made him cry a little bit. <laughs> Funny you say that. I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that because it, I see that quite a bit when women start mentorage dating because they're focused on themselves. They're going to find a lot of women when you just focus on that one guy, um, they, because of the energy that comes off of them, it's, it's a desperate energy in a way, even if she never says anything that's is seemingly desperate. But when you start mentorage dating, your vibe goes up. And then all of a sudden these guys are like, oh, I want you. I could see myself marrying you. Let's see what happens here. I want to be with you forever. Can you please not leave me, Megan, please? So it, it, it does happen because you choose yourself. And choosing yourself isn't about putting walls up around you or anything else like that. It's about really um, just making this dating experience something that you will treasure forever. And we've talked a lot about this dating ourselves thing. So let's like dive into that, like for the remainder of our time, talk more about that. So the ladies know, even the married ladies know, how can we date ourselves? Like how can, how can we come off as that confident, like, amazing woman and actually feel like that too. There's so many different ways that you can do that. Um, You will start feeling like it the more anything that you do habitually is going to dictate a lot of your feelings. So the more you treat yourself as this woman, you have to define who she is for you. What does dating yourself look like? Do you, um, what rituals do you have in your life? Do you spend time with your girlfriends? I like to, I like to hang out with girlfriends at times, or I, I like to go to business events with girlfriends because that's my dating myself time and dating my girlfriend time as well. That feels really, really good to me. Do you spend time apart? If you're in a relationship, do you spend time apart from your significant other or do you have to do everything together? I always recommend having some downtime, some you time so that you're still an individual without that person. You can come together, um, but you're not a whole together. You're already two holes. You just, you complement each other. Okay. And you really, you're looking for the man that you can do life with instead of do life for. And if you're not taking that time and dating yourself, whether it's taking yourself to the movies, treating yourself very well, getting your exercise, doing things that make you laugh, independent of him, Okay. If you're not cracking up every once in a while, at least, you know, once every two weeks, probably a couple times a week would be even better. And just, just taking in life, then you need to go ahead and do a, a, a reinvention stat on your dating yourself life for single women. This means, um, wow, this means so many different things. And what I want to recommend is that women get a piece of paper out and start talking about what does this look like? What have you done in the past that probably looks like dating yourself? Have you traveled places that you've always wanted to go, but um, you 
or, or you want to go somewhere, but you're thinking, oh, that, I, I should only do that if I'm not single kind of thing. You start doing all those bucket list things and treat yourself the way you'd want to be treated by, by a man. Um, you're going to be pretty amazed at how seductive that is and alluring to, man, to men because they want to be needed, but it's also very sexy that you don't need them. <laughs> and, and allow yourself to just dive into what that looks like. There's an exercise I do. I teach a course called Irresistibility for women to put together their online dating profiles. And uh, I, I, I suggest even um, married women could do this. Of course, they don't need to put together an online dating profile, but you need to remind yourself how fascinating you really are because sometimes in relationships, we forget that for a while. And I know single women forget that a lot, but you're a fascinating woman. And if you realize that, then he's going to know that as well. We don't, it's great men that will acknowledge that about us, but we don't need men to acknowledge that about us. It really starts with acknowledging about our, um, that in ourselves. So the first two chapters of of my program are dedicated to getting that out of women and really letting her see for herself. And I've had women who've told me this one exercise has been life-changing for their love life, but to see how freaking fascinating she really is, how, why men would be attracted to her. Not that men are, they already are. We just don't realize it most of the time, or we, we shut it down and we live in oblivion because it, it feels too uncomfortable and too overwhelming. But just to start seeing that in a different way and how, how desirable we really, we really are through our own lens is game changing for women. I tell my clients to make an I love me list when they're feeling good. You got to do it when you're happy. You can't do it when you're upset, (laughs) like, or you're depressed or you're angry. Do it when you're happy and you're in a good mood. And I love me list is like, sounds kind of like what you're saying is like all the things that are rock star about me. What do I love about myself? What will make other people love me? Like, what are my amazing qualities? I mean, don't focus on the shitty qualities, focus on the amazing qualities. We all have shitty qualities. Like, I'm, I'm all for being perfectly imperfect because I know I'm definitely not, even as try as I might, and as much personal development as I do, there will never be a perfect version of me in the world. <laughs> and that's for all of us. But having that list of like the things we love about ourselves, and I'm going to link up all of Jen's um, links in the show notes. So you guys, if you're interested and you're listening and you want to connect with her, you want to grab that course, we can definitely get you in on that. So I love that you said that, Jen. I love that you said that. Now, would you say that our, our dating our friends and our dating ourselves, that they're linked or are they two completely separate things? Um, there's always a need for downtime for yourself. So sometimes we've got to turn everything off, meaning turn the rest of the world off and take a moment to do, to do some, it doesn't have to be internal work, but to do some reflection or sometimes to just turn our head off. So sometimes that might be, you need a night to just get in your PJs and, um, binge watch Netflix. We need that and not have to agree with somebody else on what it is you're going to binge watch. It's just yours, nobody else's and, and do something that is just yours, not something that you have to agree with. They can definitely intermingle, but as you always need that small window and at least once every two weeks, once a week would be even better because even if you have amazing things happening in your life, at some point, because we're set up genetically to be fault finders, we're going to look for the, the thread to unravel it all. 
um, because things are going so well. And then we'll keep pulling on that thread until we unravel it all. But if you find that dating yourself, you know, putting that piece into you, that will help you again, mitigate all that. I also want to add to this, you know, we were talking about the things that people would love about me. One of the things I, I ask women specifically to do is to talk about, it's, it's about, it's an exercise of 25 things that are amazing, quirky, geeky, sexy, all those different. I want women to start classifying all of those things as things that are very endearing about them because men actually do love that about them. And they love my, my husband, I have a very perverted, sometimes very dark personality and he, <laughs> he loves it. He um, also, cause he, you know, he, he's worked in very male centric uh, positions most of his life. He loves it when I call him, um, when I call him names, he thinks it's hilarious. Uh, like when I cuss like a sailor and call him a name, he thinks that's absolutely hilarious for whatever, but he, and, and I do cuss like a sailor na- naturally. So that was something really women starting to identify those instead of identifying what she thinks society or what she thinks men will find attractive about her, she's going to be, she'll start to switch the situation and see something very powerful happen because it's, it's those other things, the things that we don't typically as women classify as sexy and um, cute and, and things like that, that are actually truly uh, make you mesmerizing to men. Yes. Yes. I agree. I couldn't, I mean, cause a lot of times we, we say, Oh, will society even like me like this? But my husband totally loves my nerdy, awkward side yes. that like completely like where he's like, how, how does somebody like you exist on earth? Like you are just such a weirdo. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's okay. People love me this way. <laughs> <laughs> and the more you're okay with that about yourself, the more people love you. It's the, it's the neatest phenomenon ever. So I want to encourage women to keep, allowing that to unfold. Plus it makes for hella good online dating profile material. So, and right? that's super important. They all look the same. They all read the same, right? Like they all read the same and women, and I know guys are really bad at this, but women uh, break my heart a lot when I read the, these different profiles that they're putting out there. And the point is, is to stand out. So there's a huge gigantic pool of these single available men and they're not standing out to the high quality ones because she puts up a whatever profile. She's like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't want to seem too conceited. I don't want to do that. I don't want to seem this or whatever. And, um, and ends up attracting either crickets where nobody contacts her or crazy guys. So it's really about putting, out, putting something out there that's going to be very helpful and, and beneficial and get his attention and his imagination. He wants to know that you watch Star Wars. Totally. Yes. If he's into Star Wars, he wants to know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he's also really good with you being a diehard romantic comedy fan. He is. Yeah. My husband thinks it's hilarious that romantic comedies are my favorite genre of movies, but I also am totally for watching action movies. Like he's a big Marvels fan. Like he knows all of like what what the background of all these things is. And I'm just like, I don't even know. Like it blows my mind how much this man knows uh, <laughs> on all these things. But he loves the fact that I'm like, yeah, let's go watch that movie. Let's, let's go watch, uh, you know, Avengers infinity war, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that makes him happy because, you know, that would make him very sad if he had married me. And I'm like, no, I hate that kind of movie. Like, that's so stupid. We can't watch that. 
So guys want to know those things. They want to know that like we're down to earth and we're normal and you know, we're not like picking out our salads at dinner and <laughs> that we're totally for like really bad junk food, like big juicy burgers that's fallen all over the place. We don't care. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very, they're actually, um, um, from what I have found in all the work I've done, they're actually much more accepting of us than we are of them. I believe that too. I have to say that, I mean, besides my love for Jersey Shore, my husband's very upset or like very loving of me, but the Jersey Shore thing, he's very judgmental. He's like, how? <laughs> like, that's just, that's just, that's just wrong. <laughs> that's just wrong. Yeah. But I mean, generally, like when we first got married, I was way more judgmental of him than he was of me. He was just like, come on, girl, let's go do whatever. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you okay with this? Why are you okay with this? But yeah, I totally see that. And I love how you pointed out that we need to date ourselves. We may need to make that time for ourselves, but we also need to make some time to have friends. Cause I think a lot of times women when they're dating or they get married or like when they're engaged, anytime, anytime they're involved with a man, they just completely cut their friends out. And I'm like, you can't do that, girl. You got to have friends. Yes. And you come off again as desperate if you don't. Um, female relationships. I know sometimes it's not always the easiest thing to do because I think, again, females are very hard on each other at times, but they're, they're life-sustaining relationships when you, when you come into the right ones. Yes. And they can't be all the things for us, right? Like no. my husband cannot be my best friend and my husband and the, the person that protects me from all harm and like does all the things like I need to have somebody I can go talk to and vent about him and <laughs> talk about how much I hate my kids sometimes, you know, those kind <laughs> of things where, you know, if I did all those things to him, he'd be very exhausted and burnt out by all of the things that I need from him. Cause he's only one person. He can't be all the things, but if mm -hmm. you know, that includes dating. Cause if we like have all these girlfriends, but then we start dating, we cut our girlfriends off and we're just focusing on this one dude. Dude, he's gonna get really scared that now he has to be all the things to us mm -hmm. versus like you were saying like if we have girlfriends and we have a life and we're dating him but we're not around him every day all day all night we're hanging out with our girlfriends doing our own thing he's just be like wow I really like how confident and like self-sufficient she is yeah and I don't want to let women be, uh, believe that that means that you have to be confident and self-sufficient all the time because it's um we can't be all the time, but what's really, what's really key here is that men, what I have learned again and again through everything I have seen and experienced is they really want to make us happy. But the truth is, is they can't make us happy. They can only contribute to our happiness. We have to be willing to make ourselves happy first, and then we get the cherry on top with them contributing to that happiness. And if we as women start being truly responsible for that instead of blaming men for the things that we are already blaming men for and some of the not i'm not saying some pieces are not deserved so let me make that statement and put that out there um so i don't offend anybody <laughs> but there there are pieces that we're making men responsible for that aren't that aren't truly theirs to be responsible for even though they would love to figure it out and that's that's the big breakdown between men and women is they don't know how to navigate those but when women take that back and say hey this is mine. I, I got this and you, uh, I'm going to come along. You can come along for the ride with me and we're going to have an amazing time. And when you want, I'll come along for the ride with you. Then uh, just amazing relationships start happen happening. I love that you clarified that. Yes. Vulnerability is beautiful. 
you don't want to just be strong and independent and confident all the time. The guy doesn't want to feel like, cause they do want to, to be there for us. Right? They yes, don't want to just do. be like, uh, she doesn't need me around at all. Like this confidence sucks. is sexy, <laughs> but, um, he, he wants to be there for you as well. Vulnerability is very sexy as well. What he's not usually wanting to sign up for, or he doesn't know how to handle is when you aren't willing to take responsibility for anything that's going on in your life and you make it only exclusively his fault. Love that. So Jen, as you wrap up the podcast, if there's one thing or one theme that you would like to leave the inspired women audience with, what would you want them to know? Maybe something we didn't mention or we did mention and you just want to expand upon. Women tend to believe that men dictate romance and there is nothing in this world that could be further from the truth. We as women are the powerhouses behind romance. And when we decide to, to take it into our own hands and make it ours, a whole romantic world app opens up for us and all these opportunities, even with your current partner that you could have never imagined. So I want to encourage women to start exploring that side of themselves. I love that. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing all of your knowledge and your story. And this has been great. I'm really excited that you've had had me here, Megan. And also I would like to, I know you said you would link to everything in your show notes, but mm-hmm. I do have a link created for anyone who'd like to take advantage of those first two chapters of my program for free. Woo! Woohoo! Yeah. All you have to do is go to Jen Burton. That's J E. N-N, two N's, Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, dot com forward slash inspired. And I will link that up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com for anybody in case they didn't catch that. So if you're driving and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do right now. It's okay. It'll be in the inspiredwomenpodcast.com under Jen's episode. So you'll be able to, to grab those two chapters. That was very generous, Jen. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for having me, Megan. This has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.